Anyways, but to go back to um, Christmas gifts, I'm always the person who's like, it's the 20th, still haven't gone shopping. You were texting me last year being like, (laughs) what do I get? And I was like, get this, because I I was like telling her what to buy her family. Yeah, I like to buy my gifts early, mostly just because being at the mall from like December 15 onward is the most miserable time. Yeah. I find regular shopping miserable anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not that much worse for me. I stress Chelsea out because I never do any of my assignments until the last possible second if I do them at all. Yeah. Um, but I think this is the equivalent for me is Chelsea never buying her Christmas presents early. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm always done. Like, by Monday, I will probably de- be done all my Christmas shopping. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Anyways, the point is I feel fine getting my Christmas presents two days before. I mean, I know you feel fine. I'm just <laughs> saying that I reminded you black friday is tomorrow that's another thing i was so, like maybe i should buy it but i don't think anybody anything anybody wants is that expensive well that like you don't bucks. spend a lot of money on christmas presents no but i always <laughs> tell everyone i'm like you guys i'm poor i'm always under the i'm like the type of person who's like what if we didn't get anybody anything at all because <laughs> then i wouldn't have to go shopping and then i wouldn't have to get anything and it's great <laughs> and we can just eat eat food by the fire that sounds like a great Christmas to me. I hate shopping for presents. Anyway. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, one second. I'm not. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I am now. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to Cinegrate, the podcast where we take a movie, break it down, and give it a score in five different categories of filmmaking, after which we give it a final grade. My name is Elsha. My name is Chelsea. And we're here for our second week of Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Yay. On the second day of Christmas. My true love gave to me a movie Elsha hates <laughs> and would rather have not done. But actually, I think you wanted to do this because you I were wanted, like, I yeah. would like to rant. Yeah. Too bad we're not doing a Christmas story. Oh, A movie I still year. have not seen. <laughs> Maybe I should make you watch a Christmas story. Sure? I don't know. I feel like you, you, it's, you'd probably be like, this is fine. You uh, might like it. Maybe I, don't know. I will like it. Some people really do. Some people really love that movie. Have you seen A Christmas Story, McKenna? No. Hmm. Interesting. I mostly just hate it because the kid annoys me and there's a lot of a narration. Some of the things you don't like <laughs> about movies, I'm usually like, well, that's fine. I mean, with the ki- if the kid's annoying and he's the main kid, I feel hate- like that's pretty valid. You hate a lot of narration, um, but I'm always like, eh, it's fine. Well, it depends on what it what the narration is. You would have hated The French Dispatch. That movie oh, a lot of narration. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Next year, maybe I'll watch you make you watch a christmas story though although then we I could watch to. it this year yeah but we can do it next year anyway by this movie <laughs> you've talked a bit before about your disdain for the movie Elf. yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird one though because i don't necessarily completely hate this movie mm-hmm. like when i'm watching it i'm like this is fine it's more so that it's like all like everywhere yeah. and it never stops and i've just watched it just, like too much in my life that i'm like this needs to leave, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, you guys were like, we used to watch it in school all the time. Yeah. And I don't, I feel like the only time they ever played it in school was if we had like our Christmas party where they played a movie in a room, but nobody ever went there because they had food and dodgeball and like sometimes they had crafts, which was just more fun. Mm-hmm. But I, don't, I feel like I can't even remember like my teachers ever just like playing lots of movies. I know like they're like, well, we have nothing left to teach, so we'll play a movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like I, I feel like we always played games. I don't know why that's something oh. that rings a bell to me. I wish we did that. <laughs> we couldn't just play <laughs> games. And so, like, mostly for what I remember watching this was just, it was on TV. Mm. Yeah. And that might, that might be it. 
Because I don't know if I really ever just put it on. I don't know if I've ever actually put on this movie either. Other than last night. Yeah, other than last night because we needed to. But, like, no, it would literally be, like, in, in like, high school. It'd be the last week of school. We'd walk into a class. There'd be nothing to teach. They'd go, okay, we're watching Elf. And you'd always get to, like, an hour into the movie, a little bit more than that. And then the class would end. And then you'd walk into another class. And then guess what? They'd go, we're watching a movie. Elf. Go to mm-hmm. French class. We're watching a movie. French elf. And I'm like, what is happening? I was trying to think last night of, like, other Christmas movies that I've watched in class. And, like, I can maybe think of maybe, like, How the Grinch Stole Christmas maybe once. Yeah. I can't think of any other Christmas movie that I've watched in a classroom. I'm sure it probably exists, but I can't think of one. Because every time it was elf. Maybe it's also because I went to a Christian school. They probably showed us, like, a VeggieTales Christmas <laughs> thing. <laughs> or when I got older, it might have just been something. I remember this, this one movie called Nativity. Oh, I've seen that. With Martin Freeman. You don't like Martin Freeman. No. But he's in it. And it's like he's a grumpy old school teacher or something. And he has to... Uh, run the nativity play but he mm-hmm. hates all the kids but it's kind of a banger some of the songs <laughs> some of the songs but like it's just kind of fun and i don't know if it's it's like it's a british movie mm-hmm. so i'm like i don't know how famous this movie is i've seen it on crave no recently you're talking about we watched stuff. that once in the sixth grade and i remember just saying it was kind of funny yeah. yeah, we definitely it was other Polar Express or Elf. Mm, I don't think we ever watched Polar Express. Maybe the in Grinch. School. I feel like the Grinch got tossed in there too. Yeah, but I don't think we really watched movies. Them. I think it was games. I think we always just played a weird. Yeah, game. Yeah, we never played games. <laughs> it was always a movie. I honestly could not stand when they played movies in school because our blocks weren't long enough for it. I know. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, why are we watching forty five minutes of this movie? I know. And then you. And then the thing is, when it was like that, where it was like it's the last week of school and they're all playing the same Christmas movie, you would walk into the next classroom and then you'd be like okay we're start restarting and you're gonna rewatch the first 45 minutes of elf again yeah and i'm like uh my grade 12 stops. math class is what got me into the beatles did you know that that's wild yeah because <laughs> they showed me a movie about strategy which was the movie 21 mm-hmm. with jim sturgis and he was in across the universe which was the movie that uses all the music from the beatles and i thought he was cute so i watched across the universe and then i thought wow i like this music and then i got obsessed with them so movies in classes i feel like a lot of times people wanted to show a movie specifically um my social teacher did that a lot she showed us the village that's so random she showed it for sociology we were doing a sociology class Mm. Uh, 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 they usually would do it over two classes because they'd be like i'm showing you this for a reason it's somewhat related to what we were talking about so we're gonna do it for like two classes and then in grade 12 i said um can we watch ratatouille because we had nothing left to do that week and she said yeah (laughs) so i made everybody watch ratatouille (laughs) we did that for like psychology we watched a beautiful mind Mm -hmm. and like in social studies we watched schindler's list and like I think we also watched a documentary on Netflix, but that was, like, a lot. We watched, like, a lot of it. It was over a lot of classes. It was, like, a multiple episode documentary that we watched over, like, four classes. Because he was like, this is interesting. We're going to watch it. I feel like... But, like... I very rarely watched movies as, like, part of a curriculum or to supplement yeah. the curriculum. I think maybe... It was only really for psychology, psychology and then that, yeah. law. You know, or, not law. Um, social, social 10, we watched Dances with Wolves. Oh, wow. um, I don't know why, <laughs> but we watched the entire thing like over a couple blocks. Yeah, mm-hmm. just just Pocahontas. Wow. It's just Avatar. Yeah, <laughs> oh, same movie. But yeah, this movie is just 
mostly we just wanted to do it because it annoys me so much. Um, and it's I just a very don't popular know. One. Yeah, it's it's one of like the most popular. Like again, you can go home and it's probably like at any point during December, maybe sometimes before December, you can find it somewhere playing on TV. I wonder if the decline of cable will affect people's love for this movie, or maybe nostalgia is enough to keep it alive. Yeah, I feel like it'll probably still be there because it's it's probably. I mean, it's already on, it's on Crave. I think it probably would appear on like other things. Some movies are so they they they're alive because of cable. Cable keeps playing. Shawshank Redemption's like that. That movie's <laughs> on TV a lot, and I feel like that's one of the things keeping that movie going. <laughs> but I think Elf is different. I mean, no one's like. It's our Christmas tradition to watch Shawshank Redemption every year. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, like, Elf strange. is, like, a movie a lot of people are like, I have to watch that at least once in December. I mean, Christmas does, it gives you an excuse to have a tradition to watch mm-hmm. a movie. That's why I said in that one time, I was like, holiday movies, I think, are a good way to make a lot of money. Holiday mm-hmm. songs are, too, because they're going to play that over and over on the radio. Yeah. And you're going to have an excuse to play it. So that's a good way to get people to watch a movie at least once a year. Mm-hmm. Whereas other movies, you might watch it and never watch it for like the next 10 years because you just don't have a reason to. Mm-hmm. I mostly just wanted to get to the point of why this movie is so loved. Because <laughs> like, I think it has stuff that's, yeah, like, like fun about it. But I'm more so like, why is it everywhere? And why is that the movie being chosen? I feel like uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas People could love be. that movie. People do, but why is that not being shown over Elf? Why is that not on TV probably, as that's much? That's probably my favorite Jim Carrey movie. I like, sure. I like that movie. I like all, I feel, except for the new one that I haven't seen, but all the versions of, of um, I keep on saying Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, of The Grinch. I, I feel like I'm pretty into. I don't think I've seen the original. Really? really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. I feel like that usually plays a lot on TV. Yeah, that one was. We also watched um, that one at school because so it is shorter. Yeah. I think it you you. Yeah, that one's. I think like forty. Thir- I was going to say like thirty to forty minutes. Yeah, it's shorter, but for some reason, they're like Elf over that, and I'm like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to the bottom of it, but okay. also I don't know. <laughs> um. Anyways, I guess I'll move on to the pre-production. It was written by David Bergenham. Um. In 1993. With the original thoughts of him wanting to get Chris Farley or Jim Carrey to play Buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't happen. It went through a bunch of rewrites by, like, uncredited writers. And then eventually it got to John Favreau. Originally, apparently, the story was a lot darker. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that means. Uh-huh. It. He, I think John Favreau was like, by me reading the script, I would guess that this would have been a PG-13 movie. So I don't know what the script was. Maybe it was just but more like like New York can be a pretty dangerous. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. Maybe, maybe it's a bit raunchier. Maybe the language is a bit more coarse. Yeah, but it was darker. So he apparently initially was not that into it. But then he also was like, "Well, if you're gonna get Will Ferrell, I want to work with him on his first project after getting out of SNL." So he was like, uh, "Because of that, I'll maybe give it a shot." So he asked to rewrite it, and then while he was doing rewrites, he realized that he could make the North Pole kind of an homage to the like Christmas specials, like the stop motion Rankin and Bass ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, "That's cool." And then he was like, "What if we made this like more for family, like children rating?" Mm-hmm. So then he was like, "Oh, what if I wrote this for like with a PG rating in mind?" And then from that, this movie came to be. Are there a lot of Christmas movies not? meant for families i don't bad mm. santa <laughs> yeah um it'd be like office christmas party 
Yeah. There's not that many. Most of them are like family. Yeah. So, yeah. And then they filmed it in December, starting in December 2002, and then they wrapped in March 7, 2003. And most of it was filmed in actually Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I think, I think it was like 14 days in New York. It wasn't that much actually in New York, and the rest of it was here in Vancouver. So, yeah, that's really all that I have for pre-production. Oh. There wasn't that much. A lot of it is just stuff during production, but I feel like we'll get to that more during, like, um, other rounds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, we'll get into the categories then. So we'll go through each category in regards to story, characters, visuals, editing, and music, and societal impact, each giving it a score out of 10. We will then combine our scores to give it a score out of 20 for each round, each giving us an even grade out of 100. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, the film will have a chance to win up to three bonus points in the bonus best round. Okay, round one story score, scoring based on writing and plot. Okay, 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 okay. I think Mm -hmm. it's good. I think there's elements of it that are kind of funny. I guess there's also elements of it that are, like, childish funny. Mm Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, you can't go too raunchy with it. There's there's moments. (laughs) Um, And I think, I guess, like, the whole plot's fine. You know, I'm just thinking of if Buddy is a flat art character. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> uh, let's start with like an eight. Okay. I gave it like a seven and a half. I was like seven and a half, eight. So mm-hmm. in there, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those classic Christmas movies that deals with the whole like, you have to believe in Christmas. Um, we kind talked about this a little of. bit last week. I a mean, the whole, bit. like, That's what all the whole, like, kiss. Was. Yeah. Well, like the whole, like, Christmas cheer thing. That's, like, the, uh, the big, like, ending thing. But then also it's just mostly about him, like, wanting to belong, I guess. I think Finding a place of belonging. But I think if we're talking family. about, like, the difference between this movie and something like The Polar Express, mm. is The Polar Express is seemingly all about you have to believe. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a little bit of character stuff that people have to learn, but not a ton. Yeah. I think this one's a lot about almost the the way that his father is mm-hmm. and his relationship with his son yeah. his actual son yeah and sort of how he views the world and i guess you can see buddy as someone who just does have that childlike innocence mm-hmm. um and how people around him are kind of hardened by the woes of life mm-hmm. but he still has that christmas joy mm-hmm. i don't know if it's like he wants i guess he wants to fit in maybe i mean yeah there's a bit of that yeah, especially at the beginning of, he's yeah. like i don't belong here so it's i feel like the the christmas spirit thing comes a little bit at the end but mm-hmm. i feel like it's not a huge part of the main storyline yeah you mentioned it a little bit do you think he's a flat art character because i'm you thinking think about that too no i did yeah because nice. i was going through the character stuff and i was like hmm i don't think he really changed that much i think that well, one of the things about a flat art character is in some ways, they're the people who are already fine. Mm-hmm. Like Paddington, they talk about that, right? Paddington already is someone who has it all figured out. And the way he sees the world is probably how you should too. So even though you're following Paddington, it's everyone else around him that changes. Yeah. Because they have to adapt to him because he sees the world in mm-hmm. a way that is healthy, I guess. Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit of that for Buddy because he's like very innocent again mm-hmm. well he's innocent and like i don't know he, he everyone around him is really the people that get affected by that like change like him coming to new york mm-hmm. is what causes everyone else to change like his dad changes because mm-hmm. he shows up so like yeah but i don't like I'm, i was trying to think like is there something in him that changes maybe he doesn't really become any more less childish 
at the end of the movie, he's still childish. You I know? feel like he's more of a flat-art character in relation to the way that Marty McFly is a flat-art character. Yeah. Because it seems to be that Marty McFly's world changes, but there is still a little bit of Marty that changes at the end yeah. of it. You know, he kind of now, I think, I'd hope, believes that he can actually be something because his father does. Mm-hmm. You know, he sees yeah. the way that he has changed, and so that kind of changes him a little bit, too. And I think maybe you can see that in Buddy, mm-hmm. and that he now does belong somewhere. And that, yeah. especially with Jovi. Yeah. You know? And he's found, like, people to kind of relate to and, like, live life with. <laughs> he has, like, a real family now. Yeah. It's because before he was just living in somewhere he didn't belong. hmm You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's strange when you come into things like this. It's like, how are you supposed to really relate it? to real life yeah you can with the father character and being too busy and not taking Mm -hmm. into consideration how his actions affects his child but like with the rest of it i don't know yeah i mean i was just trying to think about like how deep this movie is how deep is elf how deep is elf well some christmas movies can get a little bit deep yeah you know all any movie could be deep if you tried (laughs) i don't think that's true (laughs) i mean if you tr- if you if intentionally you really tried, tried to make something deep, yes, you could make it deep. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but like, I I don't know how like complicated this is. It's also a comedy. We gotta talk about the jokes. Yep. Are they funny, McKenna? No. <laughs> no, I I think that there's parts of it. Like mm-hmm. when he, I genuinely when he got hit by the car, I feel I like was that like, is funny. He laughed. Pretty, yeah. Because he doesn't. He, it's not like mostly. Usually, people get hit by cars in movies. It's so dramatic, and yeah. they fly, or yeah. they hit the windshield and it breaks. Mm. He just kind of gets knocked over a little bit. I and his legs just go. <laughs> it's also not like he gets hit and like yeah he doesn't like fall forward. It's literally just like he lies down on the car and then his feet go up and then he stands back up. There's also like, like I don't know why it's funny. <laughs> this is strange and like because it's not necessarily the movie, but it's because when you watch that documentary on Netflix, the movies that made us, mm-hmm. and they talk about how he's walking through New York and they didn't didn't plan for anything to happen Mm -hmm. and so when he sees santa and walks up to him and it's like santa it's kind of funny but when you take into consideration that this is a random guy who was just there yeah it makes it like a lot funnier yeah i didn't know when to (laughs) i have stuff like that in in here for notes but like i was like i don't know when to talk about this but yeah like literally that entire most of the uh on the last day shooting in new york it was just john favreau and will ferrell were like let's walk around new york and film things and they literally just walked around and we're like hey let's do hopscotch in the streets and almost get hit by a car hey let's walk up to this random guy who's just randomly on the streets in all red who looks like santa and then go santa and then go oh, and run away like that's so that funny. was a random person that's, like that's funny and i'm it's really funny <laughs> um but i mean there's like a lot of will ferrell i think in this movie his type of comedy is to be just very over the top mm-hmm um, and so it's kind of, it's not witty funny. No. It's like goofy funny. Yeah. I feel like the, it's not even like, I mean, some of the stuff is like physical comedy, like the car stuff. It's mostly like action comedy. My like criticism actions. of the comedy is it is very much a one joke film. Yeah. The joke of the entire film is that this guy comes to New York and he doesn't recognize the real world. So every joke is based on that premise. And I yeah. feel like it's. That's fair. 
like for me it's not my type of comedy so it just was so repetitive yeah because it is like Like being scared by the radiator i'm like he lives in the north pole like there's stuff there that like you know (laughs) they have heat (laughs) (laughs) i don't know there's just and like he can deal with an engine on a sleigh but like the radiator scares him. You just have to wonder how much does Buddy know about other worlds because mm-hmm. he knows about the North Pole and presumably they get other media because he's listened to Baby It's Cold Outside, right? Mm-hmm. Which means they get records from other places. But does he have a TV? They have TV in the North Pole? You would... Th- I almost I feel know. like you see a TV in the corner of something, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe in like... Yeah, maybe in the... But also mm-hmm. like... Clearly, yeah, the North Pole gets very current because they're making modern-day toys. They have to yeah. stay up to but date on everything that's going on in the human world. It's yeah. also interesting because they also only teach about, like, elf history. They don't mm-hmm. teach about world history. No. Maybe this is a comment on, like, the American school system. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just... Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, I agree. It is, like, they're, like, the joke is that he is a child. In yeah. an elf costume, but he's an adult. Like, yeah. that is kind of, like, the joke of the movie. Do you and have any just... jokes that you think are funny? Also... I mean, I do think the car thing's funny. I'm trying to... Th- <laughs> There's a couple things that are I just kind of like, huh. I, again, I don't know why. I laughed out loud at that baby at the, at the end. I That one shot. The baby just looked so surprised to be there. <laughs> it's not at all a joke. It's just no. a baby. It's a baby. It's the best shot in the movie. It was funny. I'm trying to, there was definitely times where both of us laughed. Mm-hmm. I don't remember specifically. The car one probably the most. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like it's good timing. But yeah, I feel like it's funny, but I don't think like, like line wise. There's not good like lines in this movie, you know, that are funny. There's some, I mean, this movie though has a lot of quotable lines. There's quotable ones, but there's not like Give me joke quote, funny Osha. lines. Quote me something. Uh, the whatever throne of lies mm-hmm. is a big one. I'm a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Yeah. Um, the best way to spread, spread Christmas, Christmas cheer is singing, singing loud for all to hear. hear. Yeah, that was like a cult um, chant. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's quite a few that people quote. All- yeah. I mean, there's Santa's coming is now a huge TikTok sound. <laughs> mm. Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're not like joke lines you know comedies usually have like joke lines that people are like oh that's funny this one has just a lot of like quotable lines that aren't really funny yeah there's no punch lines yeah Mm -hmm. so it's more just like funny him doing stuff yeah i don't really know what else to talk about for story oh story well um (laughs) um, plot wise he Mm -hmm. comes to the north pole to Mm -hmm. look for his father what oh he comes to new york (laughs) He comes what? from the North Pole to look yep. for his father yep. to New York City, mm-hmm. finds his father, mm-hmm. and meets a girl. Mm-hmm. And Saves Christmas. That's it. Movie yeah, up. Something happened before that. Mm. I feel like if you reverse engineered the plot and you had a movie about a boy who's convinced his father is Santa and goes to the North Pole, that might be interesting. You know, is that a movie? Does that exist? I feel like that could... <laughs> Cut <laughs> this out of the podcast. <laughs> Uh, maybe. He's convinced his father's Santa. Yeah. Like someone who's living in the real world know. that's like, man, I don't belong with my family. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm Santa's son. Anyway, then what's the story? <laughs> I don't know. We have to, we have to hash We have to out. workshop this. Like, <laughs> Arthur know. Christmas is not at all like that, but it's a great movie. 
He is Chelsea's, Santa's son. Chelsea's goal in every episode of the Christmas episodes is just to say Arthur Christmas is great at some point. I love that <laughs> That's movie. It. Arthur Christmas is another flat arc movie. Mm-hmm. I think. Do you think a lot of these like Christmas movies are going to be flat arc movies then? Like what? A Wonderful Life? No. I mean, yeah. No, I just mean like, <laughs> I don't know, because they're, they're so focused on... Uh, it's like the f- focus is Christmas and like yeah. Christmas. I find a lot of the characters are just like they just carry the story. I think it depends on your on your protagonist. Super protagonist is someone who really loves Christmas and believes in the cheer of and the magic of it. I think then, then it's yeah, going to be exactly. a flat arc Christmas. Like yeah. if, if your movie's movie. about a Grinch, obviously there's an arc. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if the premise is like someone who really loves Christmas and they're making everyone else love Christmas, then yeah, then that's yeah. Sure. And I feel like that's a pretty common theme in Christmas movies. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we sometimes you gotta love a flat arc movie. It's just a different way of writing a story. Yeah, it's fine. But I think definitely, like he is the he do, he's the one who probably changes the least in this movie. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know. Do you want to cap it off there? I I guess. I don't so. know what else there really is to talk about. <laughs> um. It, it, yeah. I guess a lot of it is just comedy. And yeah. Then, um. If the story works, I think it. I guess. I guess it does. Yeah. I think it, a lot of it's just about his father changing is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And the spirit of Christmas around him. Yeah. So, sure. I don't know. I might leave it at an eight. I, I might leave fine. it at a seven and a half. I feel like, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Uh, we'll move on to round two, character count, which is scoring based on character development and relationships. <laughs> character. Oh, well, flat mm-hmm. arc, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And there's not a ton of development, but it's fine. Maybe like another eight. Yeah, I gave it an eight. Okay. I guess we'll start with the main character, Buddy, obviously, played mm-hmm. by Will Ferrell. This is his first leading role, I, right out of I SNL. I thought that too. I was like, is yeah. this the first movie he really did? It is. Apparently, he got a lot of headaches working on set because he ate so much sugar for it. Because oh. <laughs> everything he was just actually eating candy. Oh. The cotton balls that he eats, that's cotton, cotton candy. Can- I thought so. Um, apparently, at the beginning, when you, like, McKenna, you were like, are those why are these jack in the boxes like at different times it was apparently john favreau with like a remote control actually just trying to scare him because he wanted a legit reaction so he was just like sitting there pressing a button to get them to go up well i thought i was like <laughs> do jack in boxes like i was gonna say do they all have a different timing mechanism because then they're not a surprise if they don't yeah so you know i yeah. don't know yeah and there was a lot of stuff with them just like running around new york so there was a good amount of just, like, random improvisation of being like, let's be funny. Let's just mm-hmm. run around and do random things. But yeah, we talked about Flat Ark. I don't really know how... I mean, I think he's a likable character. Unless you hate that he's a child, which is also fair. I think it just is if you um, find him annoying. Yeah. But I think for the most part, people agree. He's pr- he's pretty likable. A lot of people love this role. <laughs> some people <laughs> were like, when I was looking at this, some people were like, this is his best role. That might be true. Yeah. I can't... Well, Farrell's not really... He's kind of a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. He really only plays one It's like one a lot kind. of comedians, honestly. It's like, dare I say it, Ryan Reynolds. We talked about this the mm-hmm. other day. Ryan Reynolds is playing the same character in every movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like he could have range. I don't know why I feel like he could. <laughs> I just feel like if he tried hard enough. But he's almost Maybe. made... He's almost also made his real persona... Still that. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say it's he's like you can't almost tell Ryan Reynolds and like Deadpool apart at this point. Like he's yeah. Like, yeah. he's just he's turned it into a marketing thing, really. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's like he's married them so seamlessly. 
I mean, back to Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, back to Will Ferrell. <laughs> I feel like he's like that, too. He's always doing, like, the same character in all these comedy movies. Mm-hmm. And you wonder if, like, he could... Do other things. Do other things. There's yeah, some comedian actors who do. I mean, maybe, like, Jonah Hill. He's in a well, lot like, of comedies, and it, but also is doing... He's, like, friends with Leo DiCaprio, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler, like, he did Uncut Gems. Yeah. That mm-hmm. might have been, like... How often does he do stuff like that? I think he does that, like, sporadically. Yeah. I think there are definitely some comedians that are like, I can act. I just Mm -hmm. choose not to because it's more fun for me to make the movies that I enjoy. They probably also (laughs) might make more money sometimes doing the random comedies than Mm -hmm. doing, like, acting. Yeah. I don't know. You know who I think should be in a comedy? I think we should put Robert Pattinson in one. (laughs) I feel like he hasn't had the chance to do that, and I feel like he'd be really good in it. I feel like he'd have to do maybe like a book smart esque comedy where it's yeah, kind of like, like that, like kind of quirky, maybe Juno kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he'd do so hot in like a Will Ferrell Adam Sandler comedy. No, no, that wouldn't like, be good. But Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> we do not want to talk about him. Well, it's but, just more yeah. so. I, I mean, I'm familiar that he, with his a little bit with his SNL days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just did, like, comedies. Yeah. And then... And then he did this, and then that launched his comedy movie career. Is this your favorite Will Ferrell movie? I'm trying to think of other Will Ferrell movies. I know I've seen them, but I can't think of them. <laughs> Step Brothers. Mm, Let me see how many Will Ferrell movies I can name. Let's see how many the, of them I've the seen. The Other Man? Guys. I That's haven't seen Anchorman. One. Yeah, The Other Guys with Mark Wahlberg. Wait, also Daddy's Home with Daddy's Mark Home. Wahlberg. Blades the, of Glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming. Uh, I haven't seen that many comedy movies. Honestly. He had this one about uh, they make a casino in their basement. That one's kind of recent. House full house. No, that's not full house. <laughs> no, uh, in the house. No. Uh, can you look it up? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. The house. The, the house. house. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had that really terrible um Sherlock Holmes thing with Vince Vaughn that, like, totally flopped. Huh. Like, people, like, were walking out of the theater. Oof. It was that bad. You know what's weird is he produces a lot. Like, he produced Booksmart. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, like, like, if you look at what he produces, he does produce, like, a very varied, uh, like, stuff. He he produces Succession, which is, like, an HBO drama. Mm. Um. Produces how? Like he's the executive producer. Oh, so he just puts money. Yeah. here's some money. But like, <laughs> like the things that he backs, he produced Hustlers, and it mm-hmm. says produced by. Oh. Interesting. Not executive producer on that one. <laughs> yeah, he produced Booksmart. I wonder what Will Ferrell's really like. He's it's... like, people don't find me funny anymore, so I'll just um, produce things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's interesting. My <laughs> mom, my mom hates him though. <laughs> I feel like I'm just neutral on him. I mean, I yeah, so. apparently I only know him from this movie because I can't find anything else I've seen him in. But, like, I feel like he's he's funny in this movie, but I can see that maybe I'd get annoyed by him in, like, other stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like also a lot of his characters tend to be pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Maybe not exactly like this because he's very childish in this movie, but yeah. I remember one of my favorite Will Ferrell things is he came to present at the Oscars. I think it was the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Might have been something else. Might have been the Emmys. I don't know. And he he was like presenting one of the biggest awards and he came on dressed in a t shirt and shorts with all of his kids and he went, They called me last minute. <laughs> 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 it's 
like I couldn't find a babysitter. I'm like obviously perfect, but I just I don't know. That's funny. You should find that one day. Okay. Maybe tonight I'll show it to you. Okay. And he like gives his kid an iPad. He goes play. How many kids does he have? Like three. Oh. I guess like three boys. I was imagining like eight kids walking on. Like, anyways, but the character. I mean, he's fine. He has become people's favorite mm-hmm. character. He's also like, I mean, he's randomly the characters on your milk. Yeah, we got this one to Walmart, which first of all, there's nothing there. Yeah. Because it's the roads to Vancouver are closed because of floods. Oh yeah, we had a big rainstorm and then all of the highways, not all the highways, but a good amount of the highways just like washed away. So now we can't escape Vancouver. So we walked into Walmart, all the dairy's gone, but McKenna comes home with this creamer. Mm -hmm. And I just look at it and I'm like, why is Will Ferrell on it? And I'm like, (laughs) Elf, it's been, what, like 17 years? yeah <laughs> why but also that's been it's been the same packaging it was the same packaging last year too they're just like it's so strange they own the rights to the peppermint mocha creamer that's so weird because it says buddy the elf's peppermint mocha it's so weird that's so sad. <laughs> like it's so weird strange. yeah he's he's fine he's, he's fine his main purpose is to I mean, first of all, comic relief, mm-hmm. but but also to I guess show everyone else that there is something about Christmas. Yeah, there's still hope to. And he is kind dream. of like, Dad, I love you, and mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be, I, I I guess a little bit of a foil to his son mm-hmm. in some ways. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll move on to Walter Hobbs, mm-hmm. um, played by James Can. He's probably my favorite character, honestly. <laughs> really? <laughs> probably, just because there's sometimes where he's like, I don't know, I always find the scene where he like, um, they're walking out of the police station, and then he like throws him against the wall. I find that scene kind of funny, just because <laughs> I'm like, it's so dramatic. Yeah, he's like, what do you want, money? And he looks so, like, he looks so scared. <laughs> it's really funny to me that he's in this movie. Yeah. Because he seems I feel like, like his existence in it is just funny. <laughs> he seems like kind of a serious actor. Yeah. Um, I think I was reading that he had fun, though. I think mm-hmm. he said the reason they didn't make a sequel is because what I read was that Will Ferrell and John Favreau didn't get along. Which I was yeah. like, is that true? I was looking at stuff for that, and they were like, uh, apparently, originally, John Favreau was like, yeah, we can make a sequel, and Will Ferrell was like, mm, I'm not into that. And then a couple years later, he said it again, and he was like, I'm still not into that unless you have a reason for making another story. And then, like, actually, like, last year, someone else came out being like, actually, yeah, the two of them don't get along now, so that's never going to happen. Interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just think he's really, he causes a lot of the the the, like relationship between him and buddy ends up being pretty chaotic which i enjoy Mm -hmm. because he just gets really angry all the time yeah especially like him tearing down decorations he like (laughs) walks into a decoration and then gets mad i'm like that's a mood (laughs) i don't know it's all in his face and stuff too yeah he also yeah like we were saying he definitely has the most change in the film Mm -hmm. because he's the one who's like the the grinch of the movie he hates everything. <laughs> I almost feel like it happens too quickly. Yeah. Because... I feel like, because I hadn't actually watched, I like somehow avoided this movie last year entirely because I was like, this will be the year I'd never watch You're like, else. I'm not in school anymore. Try and show <laughs> yeah, it to exactly. me. So I avoided it. So I hadn't seen it in a little bit. And I was like, yeah, I, I think that he does switch kind of quickly. 
because right because what happens before that he's just he's just sitting in his office on christmas eve he like yells at him yeah and then he leaves and runs away kicks and him then, out yeah and is like get the fuck out of my life yeah and then his other son's like but dad and then he's like yeah up yours and he walks yeah. out yeah there's 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 no development there's yeah. two moments of him having to change his mind and i think that they need to just make it one because it happens to, because he's like, his son comes in and he's like, we need to help Buddy. Mm-hmm. And then he has a moment of deliberation and then he goes, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but what made you, what, like, what is it that really made you change I your mind? I think that's a problem, actually. This is back to story. But there is no moment where you see them ever, like, he never really softens towards Buddy. He does yeah. once he, like, meets up, like, like he apologizes when he find when they find him. Yeah, but that's what I mean. But, but like, but, yeah, but there's before no, that. There's nothing... But prior to him making the decision to yeah. quit his job and go get this grown man that has shown up in his life for two days, yeah, there is nothing that indicates any sort of like good feeling towards him. Like yeah. he is mad and annoyed and frustrated with Buddy the entire time until that moment. Yeah, and then they find him in the park and he's like, "Oh, sorry, I was I was rude." Yeah, because you never see him even like have a little smile or yeah, like laugh like at like something like offhandedly being like, "Oh, it's kind yeah, of like, funny." Yeah, like I feel and I feel yeah. like they really miss like there could be things where like. You yeah, know, there's just he actually never enjoys Buddy's company at any point in this movie. Yeah, yeah, but also when he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna leave the meeting." It's not it's not only him being like, "I'm going back for Buddy." It's him being like, "I'm going for my son yeah. too." Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of like him softening to that either to his son. Like they don't have a lot of points of connection. Yeah, I don't even know if you see them interacting that much. Do you ever? They don't. They he comes home and he's like, "I'm going to eat in my room," and then yeah. he's basically gone. He never sees. It. He doesn't interact with. Michael. And I mean, like yeah, that stuff's important to establish that, that they don't have a good relationship. But they yeah. you have to have moments after that where you like see him changing. Yeah, literally yeah. all you get is his wife going, "You haven't been there for him." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they never talk. I don't think they ever talk actually before he walks. No, in they don't. In the yeah, that's weird. I never thought about that. You guys yeah. want to adjust your story score? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, then also after that, there's like, Dad, why aren't you singing? And then when he sings, that's like also a moment of change. And it's yeah. just like, it feels weird that we need two of these. It's also such an, like, it's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, I guess it's kind of a big moment because that's what causes the sleigh to go, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's also like kind of a small moment because it's just kind of cutting between like the sleigh approaching and him being like sing sing you know yeah like it's not like a grand moment of like ah look at the two of them getting along it's just kind of him being like i guess i will just to please you you know Mm -hmm. so i don't know but i enjoy him (laughs) because i I almost feel like in my memory i thought the way this movie went was that his son came into the meeting Uh and said you need to come and he didn't go and mm. then he, I don't know why I thought that's how it went. And you thought then, that the son left and then he like And then later on, the, the father like, had to be like, oh, I've realized the error of my ways and then goes to find them mm, both. Yeah. And it's him going to save them. That is like his moment of change. Mm-hmm. You know? You're like, I should have rewritten this movie. <laughs> I could have made it so much better. <laughs> Sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, what if they just changed this? And then you go, am I a genius? Yeah. <laughs> or is it really just harder to think about it in this way? I don't know. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, this just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it does. It does feel a lot more rushed than I remember yeah. it for um, a movie that spent eleven years being written. Yeah, <laughs> seemed, you said nineteen ninety three. Yeah, you think that they would come up with a better character change moment? Yeah, but that's what they landed with. But yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite character in this movie? I don't think I've ever thought about this movie enough to have a favorite character. I, I only <laughs> thought about that because I was writing out the characters and I was like, I probably think he's the funniest. Just because um, he's so not funny. Mine is weirdly like, Jelvi. Mm. Which is and interesting you hate because Zoe I hate Chanel in any other project she's in, basically. Mm. I kind of like Michael. Yeah, I kind of like the I character. don't know. I just yeah. kind of like who he's always wearing such oversized His jacket clothes. is so big. <laughs> and it, I feel like that makes me laugh just because he like waddles a lot because it's so big <laughs> that he literally looks like a penguin walking. Like yeah. when they're walking in, in Central Park. Bes- like um before the like snowball fight mm-hmm. he's literally like waddling beside him <laughs> i almost feel like his relationship with him is also maybe a little bit fast yeah because he just because it's just him being it's just like, him being like i hate you and then he throws snowballs and he's like let's go dancing <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever like it's fine but I don't yeah know. they all have pretty fast turnarounds because all of them also i mean also jovi she's like you're creepy and then he's like you want to go on a date and she's like okay i guess he's kind of fun i think the pacing is up i think they spend too much time setting up this department store storyline which is like kind of necessary for jovi's relationship to him but i feel like you could have the entire movie without jovi and it would work yeah you just had another character doing those actions yeah but that's the thing they do spend a lot of time being like okay he's working at this department store and then he spends all night there and they have that long montage and then he fights with the santa and ends up in jail like mm-hmm. but if they focus on like yeah his interactions with his family more that's true yeah because mm-hmm. i was also thinking i mean we can move on kind of to jovi but like she also doesn't really have that much of a character at all because she's literally just there yeah to be like i get like Okay, he goes on a date with her, and then she does the one thing at the end. To, I like, also think that it's so unbelievable that any woman would go on a date with her. And for that I mean, long. And it's strange, like, it's strange the timing of it, too, because, like, they don't really, they don't get along in any other interaction before he walks in with Michael, and then he's like, hey, you should ask her out to go get food or whatever. You guys gave this an 8 in story, and I feel I like gave it a 7.5. I don't know, I wasn't thinking about it that much before. <laughs> you want to adjust it? <laughs> I, don't know, I guess I'll go down to a 7.5. I mean, you don't have to. I'm just thinking, like, there are so many writing issues now. Yeah. I think now it, that we're talking about it. Yeah. I could go down to a 7. You could do 7.5. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like, do you, I wonder how often people just rewrite movies that have already come out. Just for fun. They're like, I, I think this know. has been bad. That could so be a I'm fun writing exercise. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably not, a- not actually writing at all, but like writing a treatment for no, a movie that no, already exists. No, you're like, Dwayne, here's my project for 426. <laughs> it's the entire Elf script rewritten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I rewrote it. I made <laughs> the jokes funnier, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne's like, um, it's not funny. And nice. I go, well, a lot of it's the physical comedy, Dwayne. You don't know. Yeah, you, you don't know. It'll look great when we Sometimes make it. Sometimes <laughs> a line is just a line until an actor brings it to life. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I just wonder if people do that. I know I know people make, like, spec scripts, which yeah. is, like, for TV mostly, where they're just like, I'm going to write an episode of this just to show I can write. Yeah. But I don't know if people rewrite movies. That'd be weird, but it'd be fun. I'm guessing yeah. people do as, like, private projects. You just yeah, don't yeah, hear yeah, about yeah. them, right? Because yeah. even if they release it, like, the chances of it becoming mainstream enough for someone to see it... And I suppose fan fiction could be an extension of that if you were like, like fix it fix. A, is that a thing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's there's a genre of fan fiction called fix it fix oh. fix, and it's like I didn't like the ending of this movie, or I didn't I'm like how this, it. and then mm. they write a fix. So they follow most of the film, but they change mm-hmm. what they would have wanted. Mm. Yeah. So I guess that is. Yeah. And then like people recut movies. Yeah. 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 They do. <laughs> so. 
Um, yeah. But when, if we're, you know, you don't have shots of, like, these moments we're talking about, yeah. we have to, you know. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't really think Jovi needs to do anything in this movie. She just seems kind of random. Yeah. Maybe Her they were, like. at the end is that she's the one person that, like, believes in him and gets yeah. him to work. But, but like, you could but probably Michael replace could that. that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe or, it would be more powerful if it was this family. Yeah. And then yeah. if, if, if Buddy's changing the way that his family's working mm-hmm. then the father can be like oh i f- see why i haven't like yeah. what the problem is it's me you, you also could see... even give joby's role yeah. to the mom yeah and have her be that yeah because she also figure. doesn't do anything yeah she's yeah. useless in this movie but like you also see like at the end the end like movie like the end of it when you see like them i guess later and they have a baby now yeah. You don't see like their relationship other than that one date and then suddenly at the end it's like, Oh look, they have a baby and they're happy together. Yeah. But you don't see like an end scene where they even like talk. I also wanna you know? say, like, if you think about it, he shows up, he is like the mental equivalent of a twelve year old. Like it yeah. is very wrong for her to be dating him. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah, that relationship, if you took it out entirely, I think the movie would work a lot better. Yeah. Because yeah. it is a little like if you think about it, it's a little creepy. Mm-hmm. I also feel like because she doesn't have much of a character, which is probably um, because people can't write women. Or mm-hmm. it's like, again, that thing about women in movies just being tossed to the sideline almost to make them They're realize They're plot so. devices. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you. I also don't know why she cares about him at all. Yeah. If, if there's like, uh, like, they're supposed to have this moment of like, he understands her. And so she's like, oh, this is the guy I've been waiting for. What is the thing that he understands about her? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. What is the thing that, like, she, why, what is, again, like, what's the reason that she's into him? Yeah. It could be the, the child, like, innocence, you know? I don't know. But, that, like, that's she a likes, lot of child Because <laughs> she, she's, like, looking at him, like, running through the revolving doors, and she's like, oh, it's kind of funny, you know? Yeah. I don't know. He's uh, a nice person. Mm-hmm. But like, she's like no one in new york is nice this is the first nice person i've ever met in my whole life <laughs> yeah. but like because she doesn't have a character it makes it just more you wonder why this relationship yeah. is here at all the mm-hmm. only point of her character is to be a romantic interest yeah, yeah. does elf pass the bechdel test i'm gonna go with it i'm gonna guess no. it now no i don't know if there's any moment where two women are talking at all uh, yeah i don't think there are because there's no. only like two there's female characters secretary the mom and her and the random reporter at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it definitely doesn't. For <laughs> sure. I mean, it's a Will Ferrell comedy from the 2000s. Yeah, no I don't way. expect it to be the height <laughs> yeah. of feminism. No. <laughs> but. And it's not even really like we need to, it's feminism to change because women are, like, it's not like she's really being objectified in the movie. It's more no. so just like this is an example of how. The women, reporter is. I, the reporter is that weird guy yeah, that comes that's up. Pretty. That's like. I love I love your report your eye. The, yeah, you know. weird. That yeah. is a weird scene. It's a weird scene. Um I think it's more so just it's another example of how because of the way that people view women, that's why they're written like this. Mm-hmm. And then they just don't have a real point. They don't yeah. have any character development and that gets perpetuated later to like all these movies that don't have female characters that aren't important. Mm-hmm. And then it's just you know, so it's more of an example of like. Who wrote this? Is there a Christmas movie you can think of that is that has a female lead? <laughs> um, Noel has Anna Kendrick's. It's newer. 
Probably like Christmas rom coms. Yeah, I guess so. But no, I was the just... princess switch. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. <laughs> Every Hallmark movie. <laughs> okay, because I was just sitting here and I was like, I can't think of a single Christmas movie. Like a classic one. Yeah, that's not like romance based. Yeah, I mean, The Grinch has Cindy Lou Who. I no, guess, not, but, he's... but do you mean like a protagonist? Yeah, as the protagonist. Um. Yeah, I don't know, like, that Noel movie, I haven't gods. seen it, but it's, like, about yeah. <laughs> the son and daughter of Santa, so, like, there uh-huh. is a daughter. Mm. Well, I feel like a lot of Christmas movies that are classic were made a long time ago, which is another just, which is not an excuse, but, you know, a yeah. lot of mm-hmm. movies from the past, a lot yeah. of times, didn't have a lot of female protagonists, because you didn't have a lot of women writing movies, and I think a lot of people tend to write movies about things they can relate to, so they're mm-hmm. write about men if they're men, Yeah, but... Recently, I don't know how many Christmas movies there are that aren't, like... I think we talked about this, didn't we? That aren't, like, Netflix or Hallmark that are really, like, classic. Uh, are going to be classic. There's mm. Santa Baby, which is about Santa's daughter who has to take over for him because he gets sick on Christmas. Oh, uh, that sounds bad. I've heard of it. I feel like I've seen it, <laughs> well, like, a long time ago. But that's one. Um, Mrs. Santa Claus Mrs. was from 1996. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. Well, yeah. What have we learned? Not that many. (laughs) Christmas movies hate women. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we've learned. I don't know if we even went to Jovi as a character. I don't know if we we didn't do like character by character. I know, but that's, I I don't know if we, we just talked about that, if we've gone to her, but. Yeah, I I think we did move to her. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I mean, she really doesn't do anything. She doesn't need to be there. mm -hmm. And she's she's kind of just boring i don't know she has a she has a weird vibe to her because she's just so like one note mm-hmm. like she's just she's very much like just what like she's just kind of annoyed at him and then she's like guess i'll be semi not annoyed at him and mm-hmm. then she's fine anyways i don't know if there's any other characters you want to talk about are you talking about michael but yeah. he's just he's just i mean he again he is mad at his dad because he doesn't care about him and then he's like guess i'll love you (laughs) i mean i think he's a really important character yeah i just feel like michael could have more yeah like i feel like a lot of the the things that jovi does could maybe even partly be given to him like not like in a dating sense (laughs) 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 but any of the realizations i feel like could have a relationship with his brother yeah you know yeah i think maybe part of the connection they have that they're both young at heart because he's young anyways (laughs) Yeah. I don't really see the connection, like, because he's like, okay, fine, but he's cool because he's also, like, a child. And I'm indeed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I am deed and also a child. So, like, but how does that then transfer to his dad? I think know? that partly it's, this is, om- he's almost like a pseudo father figure for him. Yeah. Because he's doing all the fun things that his dad never did with him. Yeah. But then how does that cause him to like his act, like his dad, though? Because if he's like, okay, well, Buddy can be my father. <laughs> no. Because he knows Buddy's not his father. No, I know. But, like... I think he's, like, because his dad is still in that position of authority, he's still someone he's, he has to look up to, and when Buddy goes missing, he goes to him. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily that it makes him like his dad. I mean, because Buddy's like, oh, it's the greatest dad in the whole world. He's like, no, he's not. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much that changes his mind, but it's still like, this is my dad. Mm-hmm. And he's the other connecting point to Buddy. So if Buddy's gone, who are you going to go to help? The only person you can go to is your dad. Yeah. Because he's the person who's related to him. He could have gone to his mom. Yeah, but his mom's not going to be any help because it's not actually her kid. I mean, I guess so. 
how would she know where he went? How would he know where yeah, she neither went? Yeah, neither would his dad. I think his mom actually likes him. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if I was Michael, I would have gone to the mall. I don't know. but Or maybe it's because men. They're like, I mean, well, yeah, he's going to be the most help because he's a man. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel I like know. more so it would have to be because this is like, this is the relationship we're building is between Buddy and his father and then his father and the kid. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know. Yeah. He goes to his father about the fact that Buddy's missing. Mm-hmm. Because they don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where his mom is. I don't know. She's at home? I think she is at home, because doesn't she... She see them? I don't know. She, she sees finds them... them in Central Park. No, but she sees them on, like, TV or, like, hears them on the radio or something and then goes. Because he's he shows up with the book. Or no. Maybe he was close yeah. to the Empire State Building when this <laughs> happened. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. I don't know if that's what... You want to cap off character, then? Yeah. Um, we adjusted story scores. <laughs> Maybe I'll go to a 7.5. And yeah. I guess things I desire I from these characters. Yeah, I think 7.5 too. Okay. We'll move on to round three, which is visual volume scoring based on visual elements such as cinematography, production design, and costuming. I mean, it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're not going to do anything too crazy in the cinematography department. Mm-hmm. Costuming's kind of cool. The outfit's iconic. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I guess another eight. Yeah, I, don't know. I think eight. Mm-hmm. The cinematography um, was done by Greg Gardner, who did She's the Man, <laughs> cinematic classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the cinematography stuff was, and like the set stuff, um, the interesting stuff comes from like the North Pole because they used forced perspective. Mm-hmm. So like to make him look small, they put everyone. Make him look far big. Away. Or yeah, sorry. <laughs> to make him look big, they put every, him like really close to the camera and then use like weird sets so that he was like up higher or something. Yeah. yeah. And also they used, they built like duplicate sets, some that were smaller so that he would look a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so that stuff's kind of interesting. Also like the stop motion stuff. They use two frame stop motion animation which makes it look more choppy. So pretty much they take two pictures each time instead of one. Mm-hmm. And then it makes it look a lot more choppy to make it look more like the old TV sh- um, style. Didn't they get sued for that or something? Is that a real thing? Wouldn't they, were the people mad about it? I feel like, or wasn't the Rankin and Bass company mad about it because they yeah, copied us? I think, I think, yeah. I'm trying to remember from that documentary that we watched like a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I do vaguely remember that. I didn't see that in my research though, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, John Favreau wanted the whole movie to look like a Rankin Bass production, taking inspiration from the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer thing, mm-hmm. and Rankin and Bass did file a cease and desist, basically. Hold mm-hmm. on. They're like, Stop. Please. We got in trouble with clearance. They got nervous that we had stolen too much. Oh, so I don't think Rankin Bass even said anything. It was the clearance lawyers that were like, oh. you guys aren't going to get away with this. So they're like, no, no, no. They're like, if you do this, we'll get sued. Well, but then they still did. But if you do, I mean, it's a style, right? You can't really yeah. own that, can you? I think you can a little bit if it's like very iconic to that specific brand. Especially if you're doing so. Christmas movies. Yeah, it's true. Right, like it's, mm-hmm. it's and very much if you're saying we want it to look like a Rankin Bass film, I guess. Yeah. But also, it's just like it's a little part. I mean, I guess Rankin and Bass never said anything. But it sounded like they wanted to do it a lot more. That was the uh, problem because okay. they wanted the whole film to kind of look like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel and, like I remember them being yeah, like, "This is our," and inf- that's why the lawyers like you can't do the whole film like that because that is like, yeah. copying it. If you use a bit for inspiration, fine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess the singer also sued them for one million dollars. Gunnar Marzen, founder of the Bob, said they lifted his screenplay. That's a good screenplay, so don't worry about it. <laughs> don't you even worry about it, man. <laughs> 
And like I said earlier, um, a lot of the New York stuff was just random. They apparently uh, caused some minor car accidents when he was walking through the Lincoln Tunnel because he was in his costume and everyone wanted to look because they were like, what the frick is happening? Minor car accidents. I don't know what that means. Might be that someone just kind of like bumped Fender the bender. car in front. Yeah. Um, so that caused some issues. And then the, uh, the raccoon scene. <laughs> mm. I just thought this was funny. They, they filmed that uh, in Squamish, BC. And they were they just randomly found it when they were looking for a location to film, and then they were found trespassing right as they were finishing shooting the scene. So I guess they just went, ah, that looks like a place we can film, and they just started filming, and then yeah. they were like, you're trespassing, and they ran away. I don't know if they ran away, but I don't know. It seems like most of this film, they just not most, but like all the New York stuff, they were just randomly walking around filming. And, like, that scene, they were just randomly like, hey, that looks like a place we can film. And then they got kicked out for trespassing. That's wild. <laughs> it's like, what? What was the budget of this film? Uh, I did not write that down. 23 million, I guess. Budget, 33 million. Yeah, see, this this is too high of a budget for them to be doing that. I know, If it's this weird. had been, like, a small indie, because it was Will Ferrell's first film that yeah. he was leading, and, like, John Favreau really hadn't directed that much yet. Mm-hmm. No, I could see weird. them, like, maybe trying to, like, sneak under the wire with stuff, but yeah. there was too many people on this film yeah. to be getting away with I don't with know that. how this happened, but, yeah, it was, a, it was like, I mean, it wasn't a problem in New York somehow, but, yeah, here they were like, what are you doing? Yeah. The production design was done by Rusty Smith, who did Get Out. Didn't really have wow. done anything else, but I was like, wow, this guy <laughs> did Get Out. I, I mean, some of the production design in this, I'm like, that is a lot of decoration. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm like all the stuff in the uh, in the toy store. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, that would take forever to set up. The North Pole uh, workshops also I think are kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they're based on the animation, but they just look a lot different from a lot of like other Christmas movies that have the North Pole in it. I've never seen the North Pole consistently been depicted as like yeah. one thing. I know it's a lot more like empty looking though. You know, like there's not that many people. Like, like, like you what are but well, let's what are some North Pole depictions? Mm. We have Pole Express, which is mm-hmm. like old timey London weird trains. You have like the Santa Claus, which is more like Hustle Bustle. Mm-hmm. You have In Arthur Christmas. <laughs> it's very modern. Uh-huh. Because they have all this technology. Uh-huh. And a lot of computers. Almost I love that movie. Uh rise of the guardians that's that's weird that one's weird that one's weird it's like in a mountainside mm-hmm. and it's like just a weird i don't even know how you would describe it it's also like not just the elves creating things they have like weird yetis yeah the yetis are the ones making the toys yeah i don't know i just this just feels a lot less there's not that many lights actually like when he walks outside it's just like snow and like trees that's what, you know, you know there's not like lights on the on the on any of the doors it's just like snow you know what it's a, an interesting one is christmas chronicles don't they go to mm, the north yeah they do second the second one? one yeah and that's like a village yeah but like i i feel like again a lot of the times it's like santa's workshop is the only thing here and that's yeah. it yeah it's literally just like a like a workshop in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. it's weird it, it looks like a workshop it's pretty boring looking yeah you like it i mean i kind of like it it's kind of like minimalism I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I just feel like it looks like a place that wouldn't exist anywhere other than the North Pole. Yeah. I don't know. You know? And the scene, indeed, where he they destroy the uh, Lego 
setup. They did have to do that in one take because they were like, we're not rebuilding this, you guys. I think I also read that they had to, like, have a green screen behind it and then put in the kids, like, in that scene because they were like, yeah, because they were like, we can't have kids in here while we're throwing them through a Lego setup. So they had to, like, film it twice and have the kids there and then take them out and then put a green screen in and then do the throw. That's wild. Um, so... That was, like, a big setup for them to be, like, we're destroying this Lego setup. I wonder who made that? Who was tasked with that? <laughs> That's my question. I don't know. I don't know. Some um for art department. Yeah. PA, they're like, sure. okay, we need an entire New York City made out of Lego. And they're like... You know what would be worse? The job is doing the the light peg boards. Oh, with yeah. With all the letters. That would be tedious. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's some of... poor intern there. I mean, also, like, that's... A, I mean, it's Repeating. not that hard to make the paper snowflakes, but there's a lot of them. That would take so long. <laughs> Rip to the art department on this movie, for sure. And then the costumes. I really just have that they, they've become kind of iconic. The costume designer um, did Iron Man. Makes the original. sense. Um, John Favreau. Oh, okay. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, how does this look like, like Iron Man? No. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, they've just kind of become iconic. Mm-hmm. The elf costume is on everything. Yep, creamer. Yeah, the creamer. I don't. I mean, I don't know. This, the elf costume is probably like at least that style of costume is probably thing before this. I think it's based on again the um, oh the yeah, animations. the the Rankin and Bass. Yeah, one. it's like yeah, the same. He looks like pretty much the same. But people associate it with elf. Well, and yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> he would definitely be cold though. Does not look warm at all. No, yeah, it says wonder. Yeah. We're talking about this. He goes, first of all, he walks to New York, which yeah. I get suspension of disbelief, but mm-hmm. huh? And then he is wearing no clothes. And I'm like, you're not cold. Like, I understand you've lived here your whole <laughs> life, but mm. you still have to get cold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. Like, maybe elves don't feel the cold, like, genetically or biologically but, but that's the thing like in the north pole he should have been like oh, maybe that maybe that outfit secretly actually has like heaters all throughout it <laughs> he's maybe. wearing like maybe. the thinnest leggings <laughs> maybe he's wearing like that under under maybe the clothes on underwear John's. yeah under under maybe he's maybe like it's like a magical outfit that maybe. just heats you know maybe but if that that was the case they'd probably say it I don't know. Why, when would they like, ever get the chance to say cares. that? Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> and then they, they <laughs> would be like, be aren't you cold? I thought about that at one yeah. point. Because he's, yeah, he's walking around New York and everyone else is super bundled kid, up. Michael's like a penguin. Yeah. and But then when he changes into regular clothes, he's wearing a jacket. I guess just because it looks normal, so though. Wouldn't he if be he's, really even if he doesn't hot? get cold. I don't know. But, like, look-wise, this movie is pretty average. <laughs> yeah. You know. Is there anything else you want to touch on? I don't think so. Okay. Do you want to stick with your eight then? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's cute. We'll give it two eights. We'll move on to round four, just editing enumerations, going based on editing, music, and sound design. Mm, I mean, the music's kind of fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. The editing, I, I don't know. I, again, the editing's so difficult. I think it's fine. And maybe I'll go for another eight. I also gave it an eight. We'll start with the editing. It was done by uh, Dab Lamental. I think is how you say his name. Dab? Dan. I don't know why I can't say his name. It's Dan, Dan. Leventhal. There we go. Um, he did Iron Man, Ant-Man, and Far From Home. So he's oh, a Marvel editing. person. Yeah. I was so like, you're like, what the frick happened? I was like, music? No, for editing. Yeah. Um, so he's a Marvel guy. <laughs> well, um, yeah. I mean, editing-wise, this movie has... 80,000 montages. Does it? Yeah. It has the beginning part 
where he's just like randomly doing stuff and he's too tall and like doesn't fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the the montage of him like walking to New York mm-hmm. and then being in New York and doing random stuff. Mm-hmm. There's the him in Gimbal's montage, mm-hmm. like going in there. There's the decorating the store montage. Mm-hmm. Uh, after hours, there's the montage again in Gimbal's when he goes with Michael. <laughs> they do a little bit of jumping yeah, yeah, yeah. around. And then there's also the date montage. <laughs> and I was, I might be missing some. These were all ones that I was just trying to remember. Okay, well, how many of them have clock wipes? Uh, one of them. One, one of them, them has yeah, clock wipes. Clock wipe. We yeah. saw that and you were like, what? I was like, I don't remember. They use it multiple times, too. They used it once and they were like, we're continuing this. This is good stuff. There's one thing Elsha hates in so movies. It's a trans- bad transition. It's a transition that is not a cut. Yeah. You can maybe do a crossfade. A, fade, a fade's sometimes fine. A dissolve is okay. Yeah. But yeah. the only time a f- if it's got a shape. Yeah. The only time <laughs> that a dissolve goes wrong is if it like goes on forever. Some of them are like, like really the long. Shining. Yeah, like the shining. That's when it goes wrong. But if it's just a normal fade, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just when you're like, why is the other picture still in the picture? Why is it not gone away yet? And then you're like, no. And then it goes away and you're like, okay, finally. Anyways, um, there was a little bit of CGI, mostly for, like, snow stuff, and then cutting out, like, there's the green screen for that scene, and then a little bit of uh, helping with the forced perspective stuff, mm-hmm. but mostly it was, there wasn't that much, because John Favreau was like, I don't want to use it, which is funny, because now he does all Marvel stuff, nah. which I'm like, that's kind of funny now, but yeah, but overall, the editing's fine. The Mond, I think feel like it has some good comedic cuts sometimes sometimes where it doesn't cut like the car thing mm. it's just that happens yeah um, i don't know so there's some there's some funny things in there yeah the music by john debney uh he did and you're gonna love this he did the mighty ducks game changers i love that show <laughs> that's why i wrote it down i like the kids in it i think it's fun i hope they do a second season mm-hmm. i hope i want to meet amelia west of this i want to be like why don't you go to breakfast club reunions yeah i won't ask him that but i think it'd be fun to meet him okay he also did the greatest showman um iron man 2 spy kids uh, which you love um mm-hmm. and emperor's new groove along with a bunch of other stuff Emperor i didn't Mr. write down all great. of them I didn't write down all of them because I was like, this man has done a ton of things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. This kind of music reminds me of, like, the first thing I thought of was Stuart Little. (laughs) Like, those kind of movies. He's just kind of, like, I don't know. Sure. (laughs) It's very, like, not comedy, but, like, feel-good family type movie. Mm Mm-hmm. There's, like, a sound to, like, I don't know, family movies. They have, like, a very, like, Mm -hmm. inspirational sound, but, like upbeat kind of like childish i guess kind of like the scores never feel like so inventive and like wonderful but yeah. they're always like they always sound kind of similar mm-hmm. it has that feel yeah and then the soundtrack um because this movie is a bu- uses a bunch of christmas songs it apparently became the second highest selling soundtrack for a christmas film behind polar express wow. when it was released um people Mainly loved the Baby It's Cold Outside cover. Really? Um, And then a bunch of the other songs. And I mean, I do like the Christmas. It's again, they're all over the montages. That's why there's so many montages. Every time a song plays in this movie, it's over a montage. And there's yeah. a bunch of songs in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So 
You know what my movie gripe is? What? Or the music gripe that I have with this? Is that the, the carol they choose for everyone to sing is so oh. repetitive. Yeah, they chose <laughs> a song that has like three lines Three lines. They're like, yeah, this is four lines. It has to be Santa. What other one could you do? No, it just says the best way to spread. It doesn't have to be about Santa. It's just about spreading Christmas cheer. But they're trying to get you to believe in Santa. No, they're not. They're just trying to uh, get Christmas going. It could have been any Christmas song. I think it could have been any song. Yeah. It could have been any Christmas song. I think the point, though, is that, like, it's, it's, it connects because Santa is in town. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Santa Claus is indeed coming to town. I just feel like it's, like, the least musical Christmas carol. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the ticket. It's literally, like, four lines repeated, like, over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the rest of it, I'm like, yeah. I mean, this, this, uh, category for this movie is pretty much just like, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It it indeed feels Christmassy. The editing's fine. There's some good comedic moments. Mm-hmm. There's not too much else to say about it. I think. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, an eight's fine. Mm-hmm. I would go into the eight too. Okay, we're gonna move on to round five: societal sandwich scoring based on the impact the film has on society and the industry. Um. Well, it's a very famous movie, and mm-hmm. it's still on mill cartons to this <laughs> day or whatever yeah. frick it is. Is a nine too high? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to give it a nine, but also I'm like, this movie is freaking everywhere. Maybe like culturally in a movie sense. Yeah. It's significant. Like, I don't know if it changed the industry. Yeah. But I would say in terms of like what people view as uh, like what, what they see classic Christmas movies as, mm-hmm. maybe depending on your age, this would be one of those. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like, it's a classic, but it's made in the 2000s, so it's mm-hmm. sort of like a more recent classic. Yeah. And so, how fast do things become classic? Do they need time to pass first? It's been a bit know. of time. A lot of people watch this movie, though, and we're like, this is an instant classic. Yeah. Because I feel like, to me, like, this one and Polar Express feel like maybe some of the last classic Christmas movies to be made recently unless you i mean i suppose it depends on what you think of like you could think of the netflix ones as classics because we grew up with netflix now we're going to grow up but we like are living in the age of netflix movies Mm -hmm. they might not be as good quality wise but they're still the things that you're exposed to Mm -hmm. i don't know like can you think of a recent christmas classic no they all tend to live either long time ago some for some reason like maybe the 90s i don't feel and then, like, those two in the 2000s. Yeah. And then we have, like, a bunch of, you know, the classic Netflix stuff, which is fun. Mm-hmm. But they're not really great movies. Christmas Chronicles is a fun time, though. <laughs> yeah, but even that one is, like, it's still not that good. No, <laughs> it's just a fun time. But, yeah. What do you want to give it, then? Do you want to give it a nine? I guess we can start with a nine. You... you can tell me some facts. Okay. Well, it made $222 million. Mm-hmm. Um, against their budget of 33. It has generally, I mean, pretty good scores. It has like an 85 in Rotten Tomatoes. I think some of the other scoring websites is like kind of mid-ish level, like mid to high, so like mm-hmm. 70-ish. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars, calling it one of those rare Christmas comedies that has a heart, a brain, and a wicked sense of humor, and it charms the socks right off the man- the mantelpiece. Um, That's kind of funny. Yeah, people call it instant classic. <laughs> it's pretty much it's on like most Chris- best Christmas films lists mm-hmm. um, somewhere in it. 
Apparently, in 2017, Fandango used users rated it as the best Christmas film of the 21st century. Yeah. It, and I had to stop my research to go listen to a bit of it. There's a Broadway musical that ran between 2010 and 2015 on and off Broadway and in the U- and in um West End. W- the West End, yeah. Did you listen to it? I listen. I didn't listen to like that much of it. I skipped through. I looked at the most popular songs and I skipped through it a little bit. I mean, some of them are kind of fun, mm-hmm. but it doesn't sound that good. Um, <laughs> but it exists. Um, and then also based on the musical, there was an animated special called Elf Buddy's Musical Christmas that was an hour stop motion animated musical based on the musical. <laughs> Made by who? Uh, I didn't write that down. Might have been like Warner Brothers, actually. <laughs> Something like that. There was also a video game released well, of course. in 2004 Classic. that apparently follows the movie pretty much exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned, it's still on products. It's on McKenna's Milk. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> And a lot of other things. I feel like you randomly can walk into, like, random stores and there's probably something elf-related around Christmas. I just And I just feel like the fact that it's, like, I feel like you could walk into any school or in the last week of, of uh, before Christmas break and find it playing in a classroom at any point of the day. At any point of the day. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, the last Friday week of before school. before Christmas break. Absolutely. I think that, like, the last day of school, maybe, for sure. Yeah. At some point. But yeah. maybe not at any point. I feel in like, day. no, in a classroom. Like, if you find it, you can probably find it playing in a classroom. I know what you mean. Yeah. I just don't know. I think it would have to be the last day. Before okay, sure. Yeah, but, yeah, last yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. For probably sure, find it. though. Yeah. Depends on how big the school is, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I My school was kind of small, and last I feel like... Last day of Christmas, right? You're gonna... You can't get into any schools now. You have to clearance i feel like a lot of people are like you can't walk into a school yeah it's weird but <laughs> just go and you you watch an elf no you just walk down the hallways and listen for the you watch an elf no yeah and it's funny, anyways i just i just feel like it's playing a lot of places and then you can go home you can probably find it on tv somewhere at most points in december mm-hmm. um so i mean it's got to be playing for a reason people love it yep. people can't get enough of it it's also Christmas, reason. and well, they yeah. play Christmas movies. But there's a lot of Christmas movies. I suppose so. I mean... I mean, it definitely didn't really do anything for the industry. I mean, I guess it launched Will Ferrell's career. It might also have it, launched like, for other movies. John Favreau as a director, maybe? Yeah, because he was pretty unknown at this point. He was acting a little bit before yeah. this. Yeah, but as a director, he was like... But you wonder, like, if really he anything. didn't do this, would he have made Iron Man? And if he had made Iron Man, would we have the MCU? I don't know. The way know. it is today. I guess so. Because if you didn't have him, would you have Robert Downey Jr.? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's very, it's very interesting. It's a hard to answer question, but like it could, it could this make is a difference. Four years before Iron Man. Yeah. Which is what nice. did he do in between this and Iron Man? Uh, Zathura, A Space Adventure, which is a great movie. Really? I have it open in front of me. Is that the one yeah. with Kristen Stewart? Stewart? Yeah, I actually <laughs> like that movie. It's Jumanji, but in space. What does it have on he Rotten Tomatoes? Did. <laughs> yeah. huh? You know what? What does it have on Rotten Tomatoes? It's like a out. Disney Channel movie, isn't it? Or like in the same vein? I have no idea. Probably has like 70. It has a 76. Okay. Not <laughs> not a 4%er. You know no, no, it's not that bad. Actually, you know what? He went Elf, he did a TV movie, he did Zathura, he did a TV show, and then he did Iron Man. Okay. So it might have been kind of the launcher for... Um, But I feel like... Because he 
did he produce Iron Man or was like part of the like did he help get that developed? Was he like leading that charge or was he just like Maybe. the director that they tapped for it? We did do an episode on Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, though, was part of what got Robert Downey Jr. He was an executive producer on it. Mm. He was um, like, I want him, because it would be funny to have someone making a comeback while they're making their comeback in the movie and in real life. What's she looking at? He was at? also like, you know it would be fun? If I was also in this movie. And yeah. I launched my career in yeah. the MCU. Real Hitchcock. <laughs> He's the kind of director that's like, if I'm directing it, I'm also going to be in it. Yeah. But he was an you actor know? before he started directing. Tarantino's like, he... like that sometimes yeah Tarantino. taika waititi does that all the time too yeah. he's in everything he makes <laughs> like john favreau like has a cameo in the mandalorian like he's just like yeah. i will be in everything it's like i'll make myself <laughs> <laughs> anyways i mean it definitely had a big impact on society because yeah it plays every year yeah i don't know if a nine's too high though or if that's maybe right maybe an 8.5 would be more apt yeah i could agree with that because yeah it did it did do a lot and it is quite up there in christmas movies Mm-hmm. And maybe, yeah, if it, maybe it is the reason for Iron Man, maybe. I feel like that, that's a logical connection to make, yeah. right? I, I, yeah, I think so. At least for him to direct it. Ex- yeah, yeah, because it was such a box office success, yeah. I feel like studios would be like, yeah, we'll trust this guy. But also, Iron Man, they're like, whatever, that they didn't really think it was going to be much. It that's true. A, it wasn't a yeah. risk for them to make Iron Man. Yeah. They were like, but they oh. still had to put a bunch of money into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're saying, okay, this guy has proven himself at the box office, so if mm-hmm. this movie does okay, like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like they're like, yeah, he's going to helm the next 50 movies. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's it's more that they he did <laughs> Iron Man, and then they were like, eh, well, well. oh, actually, you know what? You might be on to something. You might, here. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe like I a, think an 8.5 is good. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay with that too. Okay. We'll give it two 8.5s. That means we can move on to the bonus best round so the film can get a bonus point if we agree on it being the best film the category presented and it can win up to three points. Okay. Usually I'm done the bonus best questions by the time we get to character. This week I was in society and like struggling. <laughs> oh, no. She's like frick. I tried to make them interesting so we'll uh-huh. see. Oh, okay. okay. Alright. First bonus best. The childlike Will Ferrell you'd prefer coming into your life unexpectedly. So we've got mm-hmm. Buddy the Elf from Elf, mm-hmm. and then we have Brennan Huff from Step Brothers, because mm-hmm. he is suddenly Vince Vaughn's brother. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't know else you hadn't seen Step Brothers. I should have guessed. Step Brothers has a funny bed bunk bed scene. I know, scene. I've no, seen the bunk bed scene. <laughs> I've seen the bunk bed scene only because Chelsea went, hopefully this doesn't happen. <laughs> She like, showed me the scene. Thinking about that scene when I was like, yeah, there's, there's, they still act like kids in that movie a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, just from that scene alone, I can kind of get the vibes of that movie. Yeah. Um, I think you'd hate it. You'd quite hate possibly. It. I know I'd hate it. Quite I possibly. Haven't watched it, but it's I kind of funny. I mean, that scene was kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. But it's also relatable because we do indeed have a bunk bed. Yeah. And I do sit at night sometimes looking up and go, hmm, this would be a problem if this fell. I hear <laughs> crashes from my room and I'm like, I hope neither of them are dead. <laughs> I honestly, again, I don't think this bunk bed would fall directly on no, top of you. I think, I think it I would think if slant. if happened, I think that the bottom part would slant in either direction and then she'd roll. Like I can't see in any world where it would just go no straight down yeah it wouldn't happen like it happens in that movie but yeah. it would indeed hurt quite a lot yeah that thing's well, heavy yeah. anyways i mean i guess that's because they're just normal like in Step Brothers, they're not yeah they're just 
kids. They, so it's, they're it's, not they're, kids. They're, they're adults. No, they're no adult I know, but they're but they're adults. But they're adult children versus elf is adult children who also thinks he's an elf. <laughs> so that's the only difference, really. <laughs> yeah. Do I you think... want the elf part of it, or the like? Do you not want that? I guess is the question. I think stepbrothers is more so they have this fun little relationship wherein they both hate their step parent or their future step parent, don't they? think so i think they also have another brother who comes i don't remember um 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 but they get along in that sense i mean buddy might be interesting to have come in your life because he has connections to santa that's true so you could go visit the north pole if you wanted to that's true he'd probably be very happy to bring you to the north pole unless you have to walk there then i'd be like a mouth yeah, well, <laughs> but also maybe if you were like, do you want to help me decorate for Christmas? Oh, uh, he'd, he'd, he'd do that. He'd be useful. Yeah, he would be. You know, he could create all these things. Mm-hmm. And- he'd also be good at any DIYs you need. <laughs> what does the character in Step Brothers do? Nothing. I don't remember. I've seen that movie. Oh, it's been so long. <laughs> um, I think he's just another person. Yeah. You see, I don't think he could give me really anything. Yeah. Other than building a sketchy bunk bed. And we already have one of those. We already have a sketchy bunk bed. <laughs> it's not that sketchy. It's a great no. deal. No, I, I, it was the best purchase in my life, honestly. You know what? Maybe, maybe same. <laughs> Just because it, like, it, for, it was only a hundred dollars. Yeah. And look it's a at deal. it. Look at this thing. <laughs> what a deal. <laughs> These things go on the market for like a thousand bucks. This was $3,500 when she bought it. Yeah. We got it for a hundred dollars because she no, wanted to get rid of it. it was a great deal. Quite the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Anyways, I think I'd probably give it to uh, Elf yeah. because he seems like he would be useful. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in Christmas time. Yeah. All right, a point for Elf. Second question, the best silver screen Santa lore. And this is what version of, like, Santa, the North Pole, the Elf Workshop are you Um, vibing with the most, okay? So it's, like, everything. Okay. Uh, It's the magic of Santa. Okay. I have Elf, Mm -hmm. uh, the Santa Claus, Mm -hmm. and I put Rise of the Guardians, Mm -hmm. um, but you are always welcome to add your own Santa nomination. I would like to add Arthur Chris. I was going to, I was like, I should just add it to the list. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, we can we can go with those. Ones. I just I was except like, I haven't seen Arthur Christmas with the so. Lore, so I was like I don't know what what Chelsea's like. Is. What are you doing tonight? I'm watching Arthur Christmas with you. Okay, I guess we'll start with uh, what was the first one? Elf. Well, the second one, I guess. Oh, uh, the Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, okay. Have yeah. you seen the Santa Claus? Yeah. Okay. I like, haven't, we'll start... but I've seen like the North Pole. Stuff. Yeah, we'll okay. start with Santa Claus then, because we kind of have to describe what each of them is a little bit so that we have context. Yeah. I mean, that one's pretty big, actually. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it, like, a big area? I'm trying to remember. I've it's, seen it, like, a little bit like, a while ago. They have, like, like, you see a lot of it. You see the homes and yeah. everything. It's like a village. <laughs> the styling of it's pretty kind of... Yeah, it's pretty, like... Cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that one. But also, like, the um, lore of Santa, like, how he, it, it's, like, different Santas and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they can die. <laughs> Santa can die. Santa can die. This Santa, the elf Santa, cannot... He lives forever. Yeah. Does he? I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because he was like, I'm getting too old for this. But yeah. it's the same Santa. And Arthur Christmas sits past down the lines. Okay. Like inherited. Yeah. It's like a monarchy kind of deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It, yeah, because the oldest title. son gets to be Santa. Yeah. 
And then Rise of the Guardians. Yeah, it's weird. Well, the look of it's weird. Yeah. Does that mean you also have the rest of the Guardians, though? (laughs) Rise of the Guardians, I was liking more of the lore. It's like, if people don't believe in them, they start to, like, fade away. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of the lore I was focusing on. Which is kind of similar to Elf, except it's more like people believe in him to fuel his sleigh. Santa himself won't actually go away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's why they have the turbo engine thing. Yeah. Yeah. So really, an elf, if people stop believing, it doesn't really do anything. No. Because he can still just, use his engine. presents. Side note, what a dumb idea for him to only have one engine on that thing. <laughs> because... Yeah, oh, <laughs> why don't they have another hyperdrive? <laughs> but it is tiny! <laughs> no, but it literally flies off and then he's screwed. He should have a backup engine. Elsha, Elsha buys a Tesla and she's like, why doesn't it have a backup gas engine? <laughs> I want a hybrid car, that's why! <laughs> to be fair, when, after we did our Star Wars episode, and you were like, yeah. why don't they have a... Oh yeah, you she were like, to say this. You were like, why don't we have a back... Why don't they have a backup hyperdrive? And we're like, you idiot. <laughs> Me and you were both like, imagine, why don't they have a backup engine? <laughs> and then I and googled then... and people are like, well, people do usually have backup hyperdrives. And, and I'm I like, like ah! this is a fictional thing! <laughs> Also, the whole point of the Falcon is that it's falling to shit. It is never supposed to be a top-of-the-line, well-maintained spacecraft. Yeah. I'm just they saying. They can't afford a backup hyperdrive, though, so he's got to go pay back Jabba. Does the Mandalorian have a backup hyperdrive? No, his, he's, his ship crashes and he goes well, no, to different I, ships. Well, I know that, but he has a, a bunch of money. He probably could if he wanted Does he to. Have a bunch of money? I don't know. He makes a bunch of money. I guess he's a bounty hunter. Yeah. But I feel I, like he's just living day to day. Yeah. I don't know what what does the Mandalorian do in his spare time? <laughs> I don't know. We've gotten off top. <laughs> I don't know. Let's ask John Favreau. We have two questions. First of all, does the Mandalorian have a backup engine, and why doesn't the Santa Claus elf one have a backup engine? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying because it flies off and he's screwed. Well, not really, because they managed to get everyone to have Christmas Yeah, but if spirit. if Buddy wasn't in New York, he would have been screwed. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I, I I'm that, just saying. But it's the same. You're driving along the road, yeah, if and you break down. You're I mean, screwed. but we <laughs> have, but we have people we can call. People can go help him. No one's gonna go help him because he can't. People can't know he exists. He is elves. He is elves. They're magical. I guess so. I'm sure but, they can walk from the North Pole like Buddy did. <laughs> like four years later, they show up. Well, Buddy didn't take that long. Yeah, to I don't get actually there, know so how long the time it takes. Frame there? I don't know. It's Apparently unclear. The North Pole is not that far from New York. <laughs> <laughs> He walks through Canada. Yeah. He's like, so I walked through Quebec City <laughs> after the twirly girly drumsticks. <laughs> what are they called? The gum The drop. swirly twirly gum drop. I don't know. Drumsticks. <laughs> the big We've chicken got- life. <laughs> Anyways. He uh, should have another engine on go. that thing. <laughs> here, someone on Reddit uh, in the sub forum from They Did the Math asked, Watching Elf, how long would it take to walk from the North Pole to Manhattan? Uh-huh. <laughs> the distance is approximately 3,600 miles, according to Google Maps. Mm-hmm. And that's also assuming you can walk on water. I'm assuming you can walk 12 to 14 miles a day, leaving time for resting. That would be 250 to 300 days. Jesus Christ. So about a year. <laughs> yeah. A little bit yeah. under a year. year. So it's actually... 10 months? Yeah. 10 months, yeah. So we actually missed a Christmas and his time walking to New York. Maybe. Maybe this is the next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he did it a little bit more leisurely. You know? Yeah. 
He did stop in Quebec. He had some Putin. <laughs> yeah, he's like, we've got to stop here. This is a good time. Okay, um, so that tracks then. So that's not a problem. <laughs> how? Well, here's, here's, here's another question, though. In the elf universe, is it just Santa and the sleigh that has, like, magic powers? Or, like, do, are the elves also affected by if people believe? I don't believe? think the elves have any sort of magic powers. They're just fast at making they're toys. They're just, like, they're nimble and fast. And yeah. And they have little hands. And they're so, very like, cheerful. So, really, it, it affects nothing but the sleigh. And apparently, they can overcome that with jet engines. Yeah. But um, the North Pole. <laughs> I feel like it's too small in mm-hmm. elf to make sense. Mm-hmm. To make all the kit, the presents. Yeah, like, the workshop yeah. looks too little. Also, are they yeah. making all? the toys that's what they said they're making etch-a-sketches that's true which isn't like a what you would genuinely think of like a handmade like toy Mm -hmm. also they have in santa's book he has everybody's in there everybody yeah Mm -hmm. and all that they want yeah but he can't give them all that because the girl wants her boyfriend to commit so how many people don't get a present well she was also an adult then why is he waiting in there at all i don't know if they well they also had the guy from the mail room he was also in the book. Yeah. And they had that biker guy. Mm-hmm. Was that the guy from the mailroom? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember if they're the same person or not. <laughs> they could be. I don't know. Um, yeah. And that book is way too small. Well, so. Oh, for right, sure. Yeah. It's, it's probably a magic book. <laughs> yeah. Also, because he flips through it and he finds the names way too quickly. I'm like, that book's got to be magic. No way. <laughs> You're looking for something specific? Never find it. What is the question again? It's what, what North Pole do you think? Is? Like what? What idea? What world? Of what Santa? world with Santa? Yeah. Yeah. Would you? Would you want? Okay. I almost feel like Arthur Christmas might be the most realistic if we were to make it realistic. Yeah. Because it's modernized, and so they're like, the sa- the sleigh has like hyperdrive, and they have, and it's huge, yeah. and they <laughs> have like, they have and retro it's like reflective panels, <laughs> and it's like it gets replaced her person instead of like an an always living yeah Santa and Claus. instead yeah. of santa delivering all the presents the elves do it too mm-hmm. uh-huh. so they really try to make it like this is how we do it mm-hmm. yeah it's no longer they're like we see your plot holes and we fill them yeah yeah um, is that what you want though do you want the most realistic oh. or do you want the magic what's where am i in this situation am i at home because then it doesn't matter <laughs> but if it's like am i an elf it's your like favorite it's like what you want santa to be like when you think about mm, santa right okay. like what like you know mm. that what north pole makes you most festive i think i like the uh, idea of a warm traditional type one Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Elf is like that. It feels a little bit too. Yeah, Elf is a bit too cold. Elf doesn't feel Christmassy at the North yeah, Pole. Yeah, like Does again, like sense? there's no lights, and like all the trees are just normal trees. There's not like lights around. Them yeah, and, and stuff even like like, like when you see inside their homes and their like workshop, mm-hmm. nothing really feels. It just looks like a cabin. Yeah, but like a a boring kind of looking cabin. So I'd probably not give it to Elf, honestly. But then the question is, which one? Mm. Rise of the Guardians is the most different. That one's kind of fun. That one's fun, though. I also was going to put the Christmas Chronicles, but I've never seen it, so I had no idea what it was about. That one's, one's fun. That one's yeah. like if you went to a a Christmas uh, like village You could throw the place. Polar Express in there, but yeah, I know you guys don't really like that North yeah. Pole. It's okay. I don't know. What are you between? Well, I just don't think it's Elf, so I don't know if it really matters. Maybe Rise of the Guardians was fun. That one also has more magic. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of fun. And then I, I don't remember the Santa Claus that much. I mean, I feel like the Santa Claus almost looks the most traditional. Christmassy, yeah. Yeah, like, I guess if you were traditionally going to think of what does 
Santa's workshop look like, it probably is mostly the Santa Claus. Mm, okay. I don't know. So just not Elf. Yeah. Yeah. Not Elf. Okay. <laughs> maybe Rise of the Guardians. Yeah, maybe. I think I'd go Rise of the Guardians. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I kind of good. Yeah. The wacky pop culture food you're ordering first. Oh. Buddy's Spaghetti from oh. Elf. The Pixie Stick Sandwich from The Breakfast Club. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and Spaghetti Tacos from iCarly. Two spaghetti mm. ones. Weird. I think that... I think that the elf one would be gross. Yeah. I think I read that he threw up the first time they filmed it. They had to reshoot it because yeah. he threw up after doing it. Well, it's just spaghetti and maple syrup, right? And well, a bunch of candy. spaghetti and spaghetti sauce. Oh. Right? There's and sauce maple on it. I don't and then know. maple syrup. And then... But I'm thinking about the one in the morning when he does the Pop-Tarts the one... and, like, maple syrup. And it's yeah. just, like, a sugar explosion. That one, I think it's only spaghetti. Like, mm. the, like spaghetti and then candy. I th- But the one... That he gives to freaking what's the mom's name? Uh, that she that he gives to her in the morning also has the sauce on it. Yeah, but yeah. I'm thinking the traditional one with that scene. It's just I think spaghetti. Yeah, and then candy. And it, it would be unbearably sweet. It would be a lot. Of- I mean, and yeah, I think it would. I be think gross. if there was the sauce, it'd be really gross. But I think if it was just maple syrup and candy, it'd be fine. Like, it wouldn't be good. Definitely wouldn't be good. But it wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't throw up. You'd just be like, this is very sweet. Yeah. You just have that starch from the, the spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the pixie stick sandwich, in case you need a refresher on the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is and bread, butter, great pixie stick. Well, it doesn't matter. Great. And then Captain Crunch cereal. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, she was really, like, a health food person, so she was, like, not excited to do that scene because she'd have to eat it. Also, it's a piece of white bread and a piece, piece of, of whole, whole wheat, wheat bread. bread. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which I guess fits for her character. I, why didn't any of these actors use a spit bucket? I guess maybe I don't I think she for the... ate it. I think she just put the fact that she. But did... Will Ferrell ate everything. Yeah, that that's you see. weird. Yeah, see, like because he, he was thing. like, I'm getting headaches from eating like, all this candy. Like, why? <laughs> I don't know. Spit it out. <laughs> I guess he was like, we're gonna go method for this one. I think that I should try the pixie stick sandwich just because it's my favorite movie. I don't know. There's butter on it, but yeah. that's kind of gross. Yeah, that. I feel like it would taste. Mm, pixie sticks are kind of sour at some points yeah. you know mm-hmm. i think it would taste it wouldn't be that gross but i don't think it would be good mm-hmm. <laughs> okay let's go to the next one um the next one is the spaghetti tacos from iCarly, which um, are tacos obviously uh and then with like spaghetti inside them surprisingly but, enough i have had spaghetti tacos <laughs> oh, what because i was like we gotta try this from iCarly. it tastes fine yeah, I was going to say, it, there's really nothing offensive about it. Unless, let's say you have to, like, actually top it with, like, taco toppings. Like, so you got to put like, spaghetti in, just spaghetti. but then you got to do the sour cream and salsa and cheese. I think that'd be fine. No? I, Wait, so I'm, I'm just trying to... It's like a t- like the it's hard a taco, taco It's a hard taco shell with spaghetti, with spaghetti just, inside. No, with, like, sauce. Yeah, with, with sauce. With like, spaghetti... Like the noodles, yeah, yeah, yeah. and sauce, yeah. Is that confusing? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was <laughs> taco. Yeah. And then, and then I'm, I'm saying like you'd probably have to put the toppings on. I mm-hmm. feel like it's, it's too basic with just that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that would probably just taste like spaghetti, but with a bit of crunch. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the difference is that this one doesn't have anything sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I would say I'd probably. My least favorite choice would probably be the Breakfast Club one, honestly. That almost sounds the grossest. No, I don't the think butter, so. The butter kind of I throws me. I think that me. it wouldn't be as bad as if you put all that candy Into with like, spaghetti. Yeah. 
I feel like it would most. I mean, it depends on how you portion it out, but if it's mostly candy, though, wouldn't it pretty much mostly taste like candy? I think maybe. maple syrup is such a strong flavor, and it's like a lot of maple syrup is kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To eat like a spoonful of maple syrup is like a, it's a lot of, it's very sweet. Yeah. I'd probably give it to iCarly. I mean, iCarly would definitely be the least gross. Yeah. Um, honestly, I feel like for some reason the grossest part of the Breakfast Club sandwich is the whole wheat bread. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had Captain Crunch either. It's okay. It hurts yeah. your mouth. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Every time I watch her make that sandwich, like, I'm like, that looks painful to eat. Because mm-hmm. also when she crushes it down, it makes such a noise. Yeah. It's like, and I'm like, that's so hard. It, just feels, it also just seems like it'd be so dry. Because also when you that have sour things and then bread, it'd and be like... And crunch. Yeah, I feel like it's it would be so it's, dry. It's like, it's like sugar... Yeah. With cap and crunch and bread, so it would be very dry. Yeah. That's why you have a nice Coca-Cola to wash it down <laughs> with. Yeah. I don't know. I'd probably give it to iCarly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I maybe mean, I'd prefer, if, if I had a gun to my head and they were like, eat either the the Breakfast Club one or the Elf one. I don't know. Maybe the Elf one. I think I would try the Breakfast Club one out of sheer curiosity. <laughs> like, you, know, you don't have to hold the gun to my head. I'll go make it. Yeah. I'm surprised I haven't yet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd give it to you, Carly. Uh, when we launch our YouTube channel, so never, we'll film that for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, okay, we'll get into the final scoring, so adding up all the points from the rounds and the bonus points. All right, so with the one bonus point that Alf earned, it brings the grand total to... 79.5, which is a... Just squeaks in as an A- minus with that 0.5. Yeah, it's a whole 2.5 points higher than... Now, what did we give Polar Express? Polar Express 73. got a 71. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of... What am I thinking of? I think I'm thinking of Devil Christmas Vacation. Devil got 77. Oh. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it again, like, I don't absolutely despise this movie. I just despise when I have to watch it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, once once every couple years, sure. Yeah. That was my thing. Like, la- just watching not it last like, night, I was like, I wonder if I do hate this movie as much as I remember from a kid. Yeah. But I do. <laughs> yeah. I really yeah. did not enjoy it. I feel like I definitely liked it less than I remember liking it. But it's your like a Christmas movie. You didn't like Polar Express. You didn't like Elf. I think it's like probably Home Alone. That's a great Actually, film. Actually, you know what? It's a Santa Claus. I love the That's Santa fine. Claus. Oh, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, that one's good. I should watch I that again. I feel yeah. like I've seen it once. Very we watched long the, my time dad ago. really liked them and so we watched like all three pretty mm-hmm. often. Chelsea and I are watching Arthur Christmas and then the Santa Claus tonight in a row. Maybe you'll like Arthur Christmas. You I like, feel like I will. Yeah. You like animation. I don't it's see really why cute. she would. Yeah, like I don't it. see why I would. Well, I gotta watch I don't know Beatles if she'll like it 12. as much as you do. I just think he's so cute. I love Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> I love him a lot. I'm always like, Arthur is the most wholesome person. What does Arthur Christmas have on it? That's a good, like, 92, I think. I think it is kind of high. Not that Rotten Tomatoes really matters. No, because they Looking have... at you, Eternals score. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, that's a 92. Let's have a justice for Eternals, somehow. Let's do, an, let's do an Eternals episode. Anyways, um... Uh, do you have any final thoughts, or have we um, um, have um, all had all the thoughts? <laughs> yeah, it's a movie. It's it's good. I think mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, I enjoy it sometimes. I just think we've really hit the things that are wrong story-wise, and I yeah. think that they should fix that, which they mm-hmm. can't. But I think that going into the future, when we make more movies, we should be like, what what did Elf do wrong? What did they do right? We mm-hmm. combine the two. We should make the next um, 
not the next elf, but the next Christmas big Christmas movie. movie. Yeah, the next Christmas hit that replaces Elf were the ones being shown mm. in all the schools. <laughs> okay, it's let's not a let's bad do plan. that. It's a good plan. Yeah, all let's right. do that. Okay, <laughs> I guess we'll wrap it up then. Uh, so be sure to follow us on Instagram at cine.grade or on Twitter at cine.grade to keep up with what films we review next. Feel free to send us suggestions on Instagram or email us at cinegradepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you feel about the film, send us your own grade, and give us any thoughts that you had. If you disagree about anything, feel free to tell us that too, because we're always interested in talking about film. Uh, also, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us, because it helps us get more exposure so that more people can listen. Uh, where can they reach you? You guys can find me on Instagram at underscore Chelsea Mitchell underscore. And you can find me on Instagram at Al Uh, uh, if you want to keep up with us or anything, uh, don't re- hesitate to reach out. And I think that's it for this week. I'm Al Shakur. I'm Chelsea Mitchell. And we'll see you next time on Cinegrade.